You're listening to Discover Hope with Pastor Tom Leake of Hope Bible Church in Columbia, Maryland. The way I have lived is so bad. It was so arrogant. I just didn't understand anything about life. And when you feel that way and sense that and know that's true about you, what happens when you go dealing with other people now? And they're messing up and they're being foolish and they're not understanding and they're not treating you well and they're neglecting you. Where do you go with that? You go with gentleness. That's where you go. You go with meekness. There's no other place you can go. You realize God dealt with you this way. You go deal with them that way, right? The whole point of the Christian life is to live for Jesus, right? To follow His example is how you live. What happens when the bumps come in dealing with other people? Pastor Tom today speaks of the kind of wisdom that Jesus shows us in the Bible. God has provided us a clear picture of gentleness which shows us how wise He really was. Pastor Tom reminds us that Moses was praised for being humble, strength under control. Will you be humble enough to know that wisdom comes from God, not yourself? Now, here's Pastor Tom in the book of James chapter 3 as he continues his message, Heavenly and Hellish Wisdom. Sometimes it's translated humility, but that doesn't quite, that's not quite the right translation either. Sometimes it's meekness, but that's, that's an old word. We don't really use that word all that much, and we misunderstand it. Everyone thinks that meekness is weakness. It's not. So whatever this proud taste, this gentleness is, is meekness without weakness. You can memorize that. Maybe it'll help you. Meekness without weakness. Dr. Hughes again writes, meekness does not denote cowardice or any of its parallel characteristics such as spinelessness, timidity, or a peace-at-any-cost kind of attitude. Neither does meekness suggest indecisiveness, wishy-washiness, a lack of confidence, shyness, or a withdrawal withdrawn personality. Sometimes we see someone withdrawn and we say, well, they're meek. No, that's not it. Nor can it be reduced to wimpy niceness, he writes. Rather, meekness or gentleness is akin to tenderness, graciousness in dealing with other people. It includes courtesy. It includes considerateness in dealing with others. It's the opposite of being rude. It's the opposite of being self-assertive, of arrogant behavior, of trampling down things and not being careful of what you say and do around others. Of course, the Greeks did not admire this quality at all. They had no place for this, and neither did Rome. How do you conquer the world being meek, you know? They didn't like this quality. It did speak of weakness to them. If someone was meek, it seemed servile. It seemed unworthy. They wanted to be strong and confident and accomplish things. And that's how they understood good character. But again, I say God values this attribute. Moses was, he was praised for having this attribute above all other men in his day. In um, Numbers 12.3, a parenthetical thought we believe Joshua wrote in the Pentateuch. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. What a wonderful thing to have said of you. Paul behaved this way. He writes about it in 2 Corinthians 10.1 because they had talked about how when he was physically present with the Corinthian church, he wasn't all that impressive. But then when he wrote letters, his letters were very weighty and severe. And so he picks up on that theme the way they had designated him. And he says, now I, Paul, myself urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, 
I who am meek when face to face with you, but bold toward you when absent. And then he went on to tell them what they needed to know. Gentle people are not weak people. They have strength. They may have a lot of conviction. They may be some of the most stout among us. But they know how to use their strength at the right time and for the right purpose. They don't use their strength, their position, their knowledge to show off. They don't use it to advance themselves or their position. They use it to deal kindly and carefully with other people. They are always taking into consideration someone else's feelings, someone else's position and thoughts, what this might do to somebody else. They hold themselves back. They can say something. They can do something, but they don't. In fact, you don't really know someone is gentle. You don't really know someone is meek until they have power and choose not to use it for their own advancement. Then you know it. So it's strength under control. Or, to say it better, under the Holy Spirit's control, right? Galatians chapter 5. This is one of the fruit, one of the, in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. The one who is full of the Spirit, the one who walks in the Spirit, has the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and it goes on to gentleness. This is what Christ is molding inside of us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit indwelling our lives, living with us, trying to transform us into Christ's image, gentleness. Dr. Hebert writes, the meek man does not feel the need to contend for the recognition of his rights or acceptance of his personal views. By the way, Moses, who was meek, had to be very strong at times when he was standing up for the glory of God, right? He even ordered people to be slain because of their making the golden calf. Gentle people are not doormats for other people to walk upon. They are able to be strong, but they're able to do it without being dominant or hurtful toward other people. That is how it should be with us. Now, if your mind's going to application, this is some, maybe some of the places that it's been going. When you're involved in a disagreement at home, that's the hardest time, isn't it? I mean, you're really disagreeing. Husband and wife, there you are, toe-to-toe or at the dinner table. How you respect the other, the tone of your voice, the kindness in your eyes, not interrupting. That's the one I work on. The care not to exaggerate another person's faults. If you're going to exaggerate faults, exaggerate your own. All of this is expressed in gentleness, kindness. You'll get much further that way. Singles, when you're speaking with coworkers, friends, a gentle person is not someone who's difficult to get along with. You have a group of singles and everyone knows, well, there's that one person that we all have to tiptoe around. That person's not meek. That person's not gentle. Gentle people are easy to get along with. They don't raise their voice. They don't interrupt. They don't have gestures when they talk that put other people, you know, they're not at ease around that. They make them step back and wonder, does this person even recognize that I'm here? Gentle people don't do that. They're not rude. They don't speak over others. They don't talk for 10 minutes and turn and say, do you got a couple, you got something to say? Okay, good, good enough for you. Parents, you will take a monumental leap forward with this one attribute. Really, if you just master this one attribute, moms and dads, learn that whatever you do in the home, 
Be firm, yes, but be gentle in your tone always with the little ones. It doesn't matter how much of a rascal they are. If you can be gentle and consistently gentle, you will win the hearts and ears of your children. Watch how God works when that happens. Beloved, Jesus, when he described himself, said that he was humble and meek at heart. Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew 11, if you would, just for a moment, just to see this. One of the few times where you see Jesus speaking about his character, you know, when someone asks you, how would you describe yourself, you know, you might start to come up with adjectives. What would be the first adjective that you'd come up with? Here's one of these rare times where Jesus describes his own character. Matthew 11, starting at verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, and there it is, proutes, gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're not a believer here today, you need to know that people who become true believers in Christ never go back to not believe in Christ because they've learned from Christ how wonderful He is. What a wonderful teacher and Lord and master who never lays excessive and unneeded burdens on the shoulders of His people. He's always gentle and kind with believers. He's the best to follow. There's no one better to follow. He is this way. He is prous. He is gentle. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Jesus came down from above to show us something, a dark world. He invaded this world. He came down to show that he was wise and what true wisdom was. And it was very much the opposite of the Greeks and the Romans or the Egyptians or Persians or Assyrians or Babylonians or any of the great empires that had been or were to be. His whole definition of wisdom and understanding was different. When his disciples drew near, he would not place heavy demands on them. He wouldn't place all of these burdens upon their shoulders. He wasn't domineering of his disciples. Those who gathered around and learned loved to be there. They loved to learn. They, they absorbed it. They couldn't get enough because he spoke to their soul. He never made big things out of little things. He didn't easily get bent out of shape when someone didn't understand the lesson he was teaching them. I mean, the, the worst that you would ever see in exasperation was just where he said one time, how long, O oh Father, must I be among these who are... That was the worst that he ever got with all, are you kidding me, with all the Peter and John and Andrew and Philip, they didn't get, I mean, he taught them three and a half years and Philip's in the upper room and he says, Lord, show us the Father and that's enough for us. And you're like, you know, if I was there, I'd be like, bonk on the head. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But he said, have I been here with you for so long, Philip, and you have not come to know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Why do you say, show us the Father? He was so gentle. He was so caring, and they were so slow in learning. He didn't lose his temper with those who contradicted him. Could you imagine looking in the faces of those Pharisees, how pompous they must have been? I mean, you would have to hold us back. You know, let me just get them. Let me just get them. <laughs> and he would just say, well, let me ask you a question. And he was under control. He was gentle. He was meek. 
with his disciples, he didn't drive them forward with a whip. You better be good. You better, you better be godly. He was out in front and saying, follow me. Let me show you how it's lived. He was easy. He was helpful. When you listened to him, you didn't feel burdened down. You felt lifted up. Was Jesus a, a wimp? Was he a weakling? That helpless, seemingly helpless Christ hanging on the cross, nailed there, strapped there, people hurling insults at him. Come down from the cross if you are really the Messiah. Oh, he could have done them in right there. He saved his power and his energy for less than 48 hours later when some burst of supernatural power happened and a man rose out of the grave and destroyed the power of death, broke the shackles of the grave, and he stepped out of there. Now, that's real power. Not bragging from the cross. You wait till I get you. <laughs> Jesus knew when to use power and when not to. And by the way, he's going to use it when he comes back a second time. You better be ready for that. Colossians 2, 3, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 1 Corinthians 1, 30, by God's doing, you, believers, are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God. He's the only wisdom you'll ever need. Long before Jesus will return to earth on a white war horse triumphantly, as in the pattern of the Roman generals, he came riding into Jerusalem. He presented himself as a king as they as they sang Hosanna to the son of David. And he came riding a what? A donkey. Even the, the foal of a donkey. Lowly, unassuming, gentle, very, very wise. There's still a thought missing here, though. If, if you're thinking about this, there's still something missing here. Why is it that the practice of gentleness in your life proves better than anything else that you're wise. Why? Well, I think that Douglas Moo will get us started. He says, this Christian meekness or humility comes from understanding our position as sinful creatures in relationship to the glorious and majestic God. Put those together. I'm a sinful, rebellious piece of earth that doesn't listen to the infinite, eternal spirit and he could crush me and destroy me and have no mercy on me at any time. Yet he's chosen not only to forgive me, but to raise me up and to grant me a great inheritance and make me one of his own children. What's the response to that? Where do you go with that? Very, very lowly. Oh, thank, thank you, Lord. I've been such a fool. The way I have lived is so bad. It was so arrogant. I just didn't understand anything about life. And when you feel that way and sense that and know that's true about you, what happens when you go dealing with other people now and they're messing up and they're being foolish and they're not understanding and they're not treating you well and they're neglecting you? Where do you go with that? You go with gentleness. That's where you go. You go with meekness. There's no other place you can go. You realize God dealt with you this way. You go deal with them that way, right? So hard, though. Wisdom produces gentleness. Wisdom understands the gospel and produces gentleness. That's the missing thought. R. Kent Hughes adds another thought. The true root of wisdom is a profound understanding of the greatness of God and our own finiteness and sin, which in turn facilitates the God-glorifying character trait of meekness. Wisdom and meekness 
are interrelated. No one can be considered wise who is not at the same time meek. Then he writes this, meekness is the moral characteristic of wisdom. Wow. Awareness of the greatness of God makes us meek. Christ took your sins upon himself. Christ bore your sins in his body on the cross. Christ became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. Christ, the Holy One, was made sin. The Father turned his back upon him. Darkness hung over the land. Christ did that for you. Christ took your pride and your lusts and your arrogance and your lying and your cheating and all of that, and he, he wiped it all clean. He did it for you. This is the cross of Christ. Jesus was born to come here to die, came on a mission to die. The birth of Christmas leads to the cross of Calvary. That's where it all goes. That's the message of Christianity. You don't get that, you don't get Jesus. That's who he is. Your knowledge of Christ and the cross and your sin humbles you and keeps humbling you. You keep walking with Christ, and the more you walk with him, the older you get, the longer you've been saved, the lower you think of yourself. People who don't fear the Lord and don't see the beauty of the gospel of Christ are wise in their own eyes. They think they already know. My mom once was telling me that I should love and be nice to one of my high school teachers. I was a pagan, and, uh, you know, I was cussing, and, oh, this, this woman is this, and this woman is that, and, you know, high school teachers can really get on your skin. And I just was, and, uh, and she was trying to pull out some stops, and she said, well, you know, Christ died for her. And in my great amount of wisdom, I said, well, he made a big mistake. <laughs> and I meant it. I meant it. No humility. No understanding of my own sin. I thought I already knew. Maybe you're like that today. You think you already know. You've got life figured out. You're sophisticated. You're knowledgeable. You're educated. No, you're not. You haven't learned anything from the school system, nothing. You're not going to learn anything from the pundits on TV either until you learn Christ. Jesus put a special blessing on the meek. Remember that? Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. I was talking to Jews. You know what that means. Eretz means the land. He was talking to the Jews by the Sea of Galilee. He said, there's a lot of you out there that probably think that others are going to get the portions and the inheritance in Israel. Let me tell you right now, blessed are those of you who are meek, because when it comes time to dividing all of the inheritance in the kingdom, you're going to get it, not them. That's really what it means. You will inherit the earth, the land. Blessed are those who bear wrongs kindly. That's a meek person. Blessed are those who take the abuse of, world, of the world unfairly. Blessed are those who take insults graciously. Blessed are those who endure the neglect by other people patiently. Blessed are those who put up with rudeness gently. Blessed are those kind of people. They will inherit all that Jesus has to give. The bold and the brash and the dominant and the ruthless and the assertive. They're going to fight for every acre on this planet, every blade of grass, the larger house with more square footage. They're doing it now. They're fighting to keep it now. They're going to lose it all. 
Today you see they, they want the best seat in the stadium. They want the, the closest parking space in the parking lot. And they're going to beat you. Oh, yes, they are. They're going to be the first in line. They're going to climb the ladder faster and kick you off if they can. They're going to lose it all. The joke's on them. Jesus said so. I'm going with what he said. He said he's going to crush them under his feet. In Psalm 2, when God says he's going to give the entire ends of the earth to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the psalm then turns to all the rulers of the world and says now, rulers of the earth, take warning. Oh, you judges of the earth, you better worship the son with gladness. Come before him gladly with reverence because his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. He's going to trample them down. Do you see why it is wise to be meek? It comes with understanding your salvation in all of its dimensions, now and in the future. Paul wrote in Ephesians, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Meekness will make you a better evangelist. Yes, it will. First Peter, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. They'll listen to you if you're gentle. Meekness will make you a better wife. Oh, you're getting all kinds of great clues today on life. First Peter 3, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Yes, there's something to that quiet part which is precious in the sight of God. Your husband will respond, oh, so much better to that than your nagging and your criticism. Meekness will make you a more effective spiritual brother chasing after those who are going astray, turning their back on the gospel, going away from the church, not listening to counsel. Galatians 6.1, brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted also. I know where you are. I have the same temptations in my heart. Please come back. We love you. We want you. We will not condemn you. We want to see you stand with Christ. Don't walk away from the Lord. You're only hurting yourself. You see the difference? I know it works better for me when I'm that way. It'll make us better pastors, 2 Timothy 2.25 with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Sometimes you teach and you teach. We know how this feels. And people don't get it. They're like just, they're checked out. I'm blue in the face. And you're like, Redskins game starts soon. No, it doesn't. It's Monday night this week. And they're not listening at all. So we pray for you. Because it's only by the power of prayer will God break through in your own mind. I think it's amazing that mankind has struggled and fought throughout human history to gain the earth. The greatest civilizations of time past, you look at all the coloring in on the world map. Oh, this is how big Babylon got. Oh, but Assyria was like this. And Persia got all of this. And then there was Alexander the Great. He's not so great. And then there was Rome. They all lost everything. They lost it all. It's all gone. They got none of it. Christianity stands till today. It's not the strongest in battle 
who win in the end. In the end, the meek, not the self-assertive, get it all. Jesus said so, and I'm going with what he said. So brothers and sisters, be wise, be gentle. Do you have self-control? You know, the thing that stops you from possibly doing something you regret? Self-control is linked with wisdom. Wise people practice this when they really could turn around and be rude. Pastor Tom unpacked today that there should be a growth in your life, in gaining wisdom. As you continue this growth in your life, it is so important to understand to relate to others with gentleness, just as Jesus has done with you. With sad yet hope-filled hearts, we want to let you know that Pastor Tom Leake, the voice you've been listening to today, has gone home to be with Jesus. Pastor Tom served the Lord faithfully here on earth for 24 years, pastoring thousands and helping to create a network of like-minded churches in the Mid-Atlantic region. He shared the gospel unashamedly, shining light into this dark world. Pastor Tom will be missed, but we rejoice that he is healed and with his Savior. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Tom and his legacy, visit hopebible.org. Now, here's a preview of the next edition of Discover Hope. What motivates you? Look inside your heart for a moment. Are they from feelings of sincerity or from selfishness? We all have those areas in our lives that need growing. Wisdom is one of those that need growing. Listen in today to hear Pastor Tom encourage you to recognize how some aren't wise because of what's inside their hearts. Friends, don't be wise like the world, but be gentle with others. Be Jesus' wise. To listen again to today's message in the book of James, visit HopeBibleChurch.org and look under the Sermons tab. Pastor Tom will return soon with another in-depth study of God's Word. So join us again right here on Discover Hope.